Arizona, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset, and away we go with the top stories of the day here on the Burns and Gambo show, we present them to you every day at 4 o'clock, this is your one-stop shopping, everything you need to know on what's going on right now is right here. We started off with an update on Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin. Last we heard, he remains in critical condition with signs of improvement, the Buffalo Bills said in an update on Wednesday. Signs of improvement the doctors were hoping that he would make by today, and he has started to make them. He is expected to remain in intensive care. Most of the information that we're getting about Hamlin is coming through kind of a designated spokesperson, his marketing representative, family friend. He's been the one who's been kind of meeting with the NFL Network and ESPN, etc., etc. It does sound like there's improvement, but obviously he is still in critical condition, sure. and obviously he's still in intensive care. Yeah, right now. Uh, on a good note, that GoFundMe account that he has, $6 million it's hit. Over 200,000 people have donated to that great cause, so just uh, great to see the positives coming out of that. Robert Kraft has donated to it. The Miami Dolphins donated to it as an organization. Yeah, it has become a real focal point for people wanting to feel like they're making a difference. In the meantime, the Bills themselves are holding meetings and a walkthrough today ahead of Sunday's game against the New England Patriots. Now, the NFL had a press conference, teleconference today, in which they reiterated Bills Bengals will not resume this week, that they're currently walking through all the options, if, when, how they would play that game. Um, But week 18 remains on schedule, and that includes the Bills taking on the Patriots, as I mentioned, the Bengals taking on the Ravens. All of that is happening on Sunday. There is a scenario where Bills Bengals would not matter. It would take New England winning this week, and it would take Cincinnati winning this week. Uh, but there is a scenario in which maybe they might not have to play that game. Perhaps. I mean, a lot would have to happen, and maybe that's what they're waiting to see if it's going to happen or not. Uh, Joe Burrow just held his press conference a little bit ago within the last half hour or so. And when it comes to playing Buffalo, he said, look, I think it would be tough. I think scheduling-wise it would be difficult. Whatever Buffalo would want to do is what we would want to do. We're behind them 100%. Unity. Unity, Yeah. Yeah, So whatever they want, I don't know if it's going to be up to them, but that's what we'll play. We'll play. They want to not play. We won't play. We're good. Yep. We got some injury updates from Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury. He checked in with Kyler. He had his ACL surgery yesterday. Said he was doing good and that it could be a good reset for Kyler Murray. He's never been through this, obviously, but uh, he's excited. I think it can be kind of a reset for him. You know, we had our struggles this year offensively, and we feel like we can play at a much higher level. And I think he understands that he can build himself back better and attack this thing. And I think that's how he's viewing it. It's it's kind of a, a reset and where he takes. And now it's what's going to define his career. It was a successful surgery. Kyler tweeted out a photo of him in the hospital. ACL surgery was successful. Thank you for all the love and prayers. Also today, Cliff Kingsbury ruled out both wide receiver and DeAndre Hopkins, or what wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins and quarterback Colt McCoy. Neither will play against the 49ers. Here's the reason he gave for sitting Colt. It was tough. He wanted to play. It's just in our situation with, like I said, the impending, probably not having Kyler start the year. It's, it's the right thing to do. They want to protect them. 
want to protect him, and I'm, I'm sure they want to get take a take a look at the Purdue kid again and just get an opportunity to see what they have. They know what they have in Colt McCoy. And again, to me, Colt McCoy is the backup if Kyler is playing, and Colt McCoy is the backup if Kyler isn't playing. I mean, I, if they have to go into next season with a different quarterback for six, seven games, I don't think Colt should be the starter. I think Colt should be the backup. Yeah. And so David Blau, as you mentioned, he will get the start again this week. They just want to protect Colt McCoy, and, and in there is sort of the acknowledgement that Kyler is likely not going to be ready for the season opener next year. Something we all knew, but I don't know if anybody's said out loud yet in so many terms. The Arizona Diamondbacks reportedly have made a move, according to multiple reports. It has yet to be announced, but they're bringing back pitcher Zach Davies on a $5 million contract for this yeah, season. Yeah, you know, I'm not a fan. I'm just not a fan of his. Um, he'll eat some innings for you. He'll do that, but you know, and it was probably you know rotation depth, which you need to have. I get that part of it. Um, I was hoping they could do better than him, and they've got some guys in the system. If the younger pitchers like Jameson uh, pan out, they may not need Davies, but he's a big. He's just an insurance policy, I think, at this point. Yeah, the, it, and an it, innings eater. It does seem like that's the case. Now, you had some Diamondback information today yeah. as well, including a rumored sale of the franchise, and then that Dansby Swanson bomb that you dropped on us today. What do you got? Well, first off, the Diamondbacks are not for sale. There was a, a story on one of the SI uh, sites, Sports Illustrated sites, that said that they, the Diamondbacks you know, could be exploring options. And the answer is no. They're not, the Diamondbacks are not for sale and they're not exploring options uh, for sale. So that is absolutely completely false, that rumor. Um, and as the other information I had was the Diamondbacks did make a very significant offer to free agent Dansby Swanson a few weeks ago before he signed with the Cubs. They were in, I, I believe they were a finalist to get Dansby Swanson. He ended up going to Chicago seven years, $177 million. I'm telling you, the Diamondbacks made an offer that was very close to that. Very, very close. A significant offer to Dansby Swanson to come play shortstop for the Arizona Diamondbacks. It just doesn't make any sense to me. They it, went after him. It really does. I'm, I'm glad they didn't get him. I'm very glad they didn't get him. I don't you know think they were looking at been... Bogarts, right? I, I know. And, know I'm, that they and, took I'm, a... and I'm glad they didn't get him either. Yeah. Because were... I don't think this was the season to go spending money like that. Yeah, they I were just never going to get Bogarts because like 18 things had to happen. So I ruled that out very early because I knew that stuff wasn't going to happen. But they did turn their attention to Dansby yeah. Swanson. I'm glad that was their happened. Guy. Tough stretch for Valley Sports meets a tough test tonight. Mitchell, left wing. Three. Good! 66 for Donovan Mitchell. Look at Donovan Mitchell. Grin. 71 for Donovan Mitchell the other night in an overtime win against the Chicago Bulls. The NBA did come out with their last two-minute report yesterday saying that the game-tying shot that he hit that sent it into overtime never should have counted. Should have been a lane violation. Nevertheless, his 71 points, he becomes now a single-game all-time top 10 scorer in the history of the NBA with that 71-point performance. And just in time, the Suns get to play him tonight in Cleveland. Yeah, it just it's been a... He's averaging more points and shooting better than he did in any of his years in Utah. He has been absolutely sensational for the Jazz, for the for the Cavs. That was a great trade for them. I know you want to say Jazz. I, I, wanna, I yeah. almost did it earlier too. Yeah, that game starts at five o'clock. And for what it's worth, we did get an injury update when it comes to the um, 
when it comes to the Cavs, Evan Mobley is available tonight. He's available to play tonight despite that ankle. Darius Garland is doubtful with a right thumb sprain. So you... I'm sorry, Darius Garland's been ruled out. Okay, thank you. Appreciate that. Garland's been ruled out. Evan Mobley is available. Again, tip-off is at 5 o'clock. We spoke with Suns President of Basketball Ops, James Jones, earlier today. We asked him about the report from ESPN earlier this week that Robert Sarver has veto powers on trades involving players that get more than the league minimum, or the league average, I should say. Has that been a problem for James when trying to make trades? No, it hasn't. We've we've been consistent since day one. I mean, we've known what the parameters were. For operation for our operation has been and will continue to be until there's a transition or uh, to new ownership um, and so we've been business as usual so there's been at no point where you've got vetoed on any possible trade that you've had discussions with or presented no I haven't yeah. Has it prevented them from making a trade? What's prevented them from making a trade is there's just not a lot of good offers out there for Jay Crowder. The value for Jay Crowder is not what many people believe it to be. And a lot of the fans out there, hey, it was Jay. Like, there are teams that want Jay Crowder, but they're not willing to give up very much to get him. Yeah. So that's the problem with trading Jay Crowder. They're going to have to do something with him at some point. This is not a house that you can just say, you know what? We don't like the market. We're not going to sell it. You have to move Jay Crowder for something at some point because he's given you nothing so far this year. Yeah, Something is better than nothing. I don't care if it's not the value you think Jay Crowder is worth if yeah. you're the Suns. Nothing from nothing. to move him for something. Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. Well, yeah. you got to so have something. something. Yes. If the cherry on top of the disappointment Sunday of Arizona sports. The Coyotes gave up five goals in a road loss to the Panthers oh, last night. Matthew, Matthew Kachuk with a hat trick. Uh, Go get him, kids. Go get him. I remember that kid running around when he was like two years old in my house, Matthew Kachuk. I was <laughs> Bouncing Matthew Kachuk off my knee when he was a kid, when he's a baby. Yeah, he's bouncing. There he is, bouncing goals off the net. Coyotes, oh my goodness, he's been he's been great for them. Twenty goals on the season, twenty seven assists, forty seven points. Leads the teams in goals, assists, and points. He has been great for Florida. And then a massive MLB deal that just broke within the past hour. The Boston Red Sox, after seeing superstar after superstar leave and not get paid, hello Mookie Betts, hello Xander Bogarts. Today, they finally. The deal with star third baseman Raphael Devers, an 11 year, $331 million contract. He's 26, so this will take him to 37. They don't got to pay him at 38, 39, 40, and 41. So, you know, I know you like those deals. But the Red Sox have seen some good homegrown players leave, not just Xander Bogarts. Remember a few years ago, Mookie Betts? I mentioned Mookie left. Betts. Yeah, yes. so two guys. I mean, so now you, you know, you keep one of your key homegrown guys. Yeah, it's they've been getting ripped by their fan base for right. letting those guys walk and get nothing. Devers was the one that they decided to keep. Good one to keep. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, the last time the Cavs fans watched their basketball team, they saw a little bit of history. The Suns would like to avoid being on the wrong side of history tonight. We'll talk about that game next on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Mitchell, left wing, three, good! 66! 66 for Donovan Mitchell! Donovan Mitchell, last yeah, time out. He's a good player. Yeah, he's, he's a good, good player. player. He's a good player who, you said this earlier and you were spot on. He really 
reinvented himself, reinvigorated himself. I'm not exactly yeah. sure what the right word is. Donovan Mitchell. Change of scenery worked out really well for him. He really needed to go somewhere else because I think people really thought he had gone as far as he was going to go in Utah, both in terms of the organization and him as an individual. He has really revitalized and reinvented his career in Cleveland where he's become that guy again to the point where you made the observation there was a time where Jazz fans and Suns fans would debate who's better, who would you rather have, Donovan Mitchell or Devin Booker. And for a lot of that, it looked like Utah fans kind of had the upper hand. Their team was better. They were winning more games. Donovan, And then for two years, three years, Booker just shot right past them, right? And suddenly yeah. it was, yeah, Donovan Mitchell, whatever, nice. Devin Booker's arrived. Well, it would appear that Donovan Mitchell's kind of, I don't know if he's back in the lead, right? but certainly he's reinvented his career enough to be back in that kind of conversation where he's killing it, they're killing it. It, that it was a great trade really for both good. teams. It really was. Because Laurie Marketing is blowing it up. Laurie Marketing's been great for the Jazz. Mm-hmm. Like he's, listen, sometimes guys get put in a situation where they play with ball dominant guards. And if you're a forward, a small forward, a power forward, a center, and you play with ball dominant guards, Sometimes you really don't get to show your best. You don't get that opportunity. Laurie Marketing, you know, for four years in Chicago, played with ball dominant guards. And, you know, and in Cleveland, now he's on the Jazz and Donovan Mitchell's not there. And Laurie Marketing's having a great season, a great season. And then Donovan Mitchell's having a good season. Like, you look at that trade, I think Colin Sexton was also in that trade and a first round pick as well. But the two main players in that trade, Donovan Mitchell's been great for Cleveland. Laurie Marketing's been great for the Jazz. Yeah, he has. Good trade. It's worked out really well. Mm -hmm. And for the Cavs, it's worked out exceptional for them. They are a bright team to watch in this league. They, they are, they, they've got a roster that really is cohesive and fits very well together. Good mix of young and, and, and older guys. Good mix of size, good mix great of shooting, size, good mix size. of, you know, guards who can, well, you know, kickstart the offense. Uh, they, they, they are, they are, you mentioned it earlier, they're a lot of fun to watch and they are an incredible challenge for a Suns team right now that's really lost. I mean, just trying to find itself, trying to find itself in terms of its players, its personnel, who are the guys that we're going to play, that we're going to give the minutes to, why has Mikel not stepped up, why has DeAndre not stepped up, has Chris Paul just gone and got old on us all of a sudden, what trades are they going to make? The organization, without Devin Booker to be kind of the, the anchor, is just floating free right now, and no one's really sure what to expect from them on a nightly basis Would you anymore. bring Chris Paul off the bench? Um, Would you bring Chris Paul off the bench? I'd I'd certainly consider it. Okay. I would I wouldn't say no because he's Chris Paul. Let's put it that way. I wouldn't just say, oh no, it's Chris Paul. You can't bring him off the he bench. He had no points in the first half against the Knicks. Here's a minus thirty something in that game. That would be my absolute last ditch. Well, what else? What in kind of case of emergency? Right well, you haven't done anything. Well, you haven't made a trade yet. How about, how about let's trade Drake Cowder? Let's let's trade Drake Cowder or Crowder and bring in somebody who might help I'm out a little bit. Trying to win a game against the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight. Yeah, I, I don't. Think, I mean, what can they do? What can they do tonight to help them get out of this funk? Yeah, I don't think they're there yet. Okay, would you? I'm the same as you. I would consider. Listen, I'm not getting anything out of. I'm not getting much out of Chris Paul. I had a couple good games here and there, but I've been very disappointed. Um, now they're four for eleven from the field the other day. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to cut you off. I know there have been some suggestions that maybe they should start campaign next to Chris Paul instead of Landry Shamit. 
go with two guys who can handle the ball. Yeah, because Landry. Let's be honest, Landry is kind of a ball handler. That that has been a real mixed bag, right? They kind of thought Landry Shamit would be more of a ball handler, and it just hasn't worked out really. Now you're going to sacrifice your bench a little bit because now who's your point guard coming off the bench? You don't really have one, but could you? Start campaign in these games and have him next to Chris Paul to kind of kickstart that offense a little bit. Mate, it's something to consider. Yeah, but you, you're, you know you don't have a lot of size. Not a lot of size. No, there's not. Cam's not that big, and Chris isn't that big, and he's just small and just a you know bigger guards are going to back you down, and it's just. <laughs> Could be a little bit of a recipe for disaster, but I mean, I understand you got to try something right now. Yeah, you do, and, and and I I certainly again I wouldn't rule out the Chris Paul coming off the bench thing. I just don't know if you're there yet in terms of that kind of level of emergency. But I I would agree that you're looking at the stretch now, you're staring at it, and it looks bad. It, it looks bad because the optics of how you're playing are bad, of uh, the energy level that you're giving, and just the schedule in general. In general, you got Cleveland, you got Miami, you got Cleveland again. You got two more games against Memphis coming up in the next couple weeks. You got Brooklyn in there. You got a road trip where you're in Golden State and Denver on back to back nights on the road. I mean, it's just, you look at it and it's one contender after another, after another, after another. Man, they're barely hanging on to the eighth seed right now. You asked me, was it today, yesterday? Yeah, where are they going to end up? Where are they going to end up when this stretch is done? It's not going to be higher. Doesn't see- or lower, what would it be? Would it be? It's not going to be better. It's not going to be better. It's not going to be better. I don't know what it would be. Would it be higher or lower? It would be, well, higher, higher seed. It's not going to be lower numerically, but it's it's sort of like it's, it's sort of like when you say, I'm going to drive down to Tucson tonight. Oh, my wife well, hates that. Well, because technically Tucson is higher elevation. So you're actually driving up to Tucson, but it's north-south, you're driving down to Tucson. I'm, I, I say down wrong. to everything. It doesn't matter what so direction. Do I. I say, oh, I'll so do I. I'm going down to the store. I'm going to head down this weekend to see my daughter in Tucson. I'm is drive, it down or up? I'm going to drive down to Flagstaff and, and visit my, my mom. My wife gets so Nobody mad drives down to Flagstaff. <laughs> it's at 7,000 feet. Nobody's driving down to Flagstaff. Is Tucson down or up? I say down to Tucson. But the, on a few times I've said it, I've been corrected because somebody, I guess Tucson's a higher elevation. Well, technically, Tucson's up. Is it? But yeah, then but you maybe, got the whole north-south thing. By maybe like 10 feet. Yeah, I'd say I'm driving down to Tucson, north-south. I'm driving up to Flagstaff. Okay. I'm driving down to Tucson. I now, get it wrong. I don't, whatever I do, whatever way I say it, I get it wrong all the time. So my wife always gets mad at me. Like why? Wow, maybe the constant, I agree. With you. I do the same thing as maybe the constant so is what your you, wife what, just always gets mad at you. What do you say Tucson is down? Okay, Chelsea said it's down too. I'm going south. Everything is down. Just say down. To everything, everything is down. <laughs> I'm going down there. I'm going down there. I think no. I think it's all a north south thing. Is if it, you're going north, it's up. If you're going south, it's down. Mitch? Or just change it to over, and then you never have to worry about go- this problem. Just I don't know, say but- down or up. Just say I'm going to Flagstaff. <laughs> I'm going to Tucson. But okay, so the seating problem, Yeah, would the Suns go higher or lower? Like, see, the number would go lower, but their positioning would go higher. You go lower in the standings. So your seating goes lower. <laughs> this might be one of the dumbest shows on radio. I swear. This is one of the dumbest the shows thing. on radio. Like somebody in their car yeah. right now is going, this is what that this is dumb. I got three guys that graduated college with me. <laughs> well, I just am, there's the food grease. Every, everybody says it differently. Everybody says it differently. Yeah. That's I why I always so. just say better. 
I always just say better, better, better seed. seed. That way, I avoid, okay, avoid the whole higher. They're not going to have a better seed lower. after these eight games. Yeah. They're going to have a worse seed. Avoid the whole higher, lower thing if we possibly can. No, it's going to be a rough stretch for them. And and with news tonight now that Evan Mobley is available for the game, Darius Garland has apparently been ruled out. He won't play, but Mobley's Evan Mobley play, is huh? available. Yeah, or at least he's available to play if they want him to. It, it creates you know more. More of a rough stretch for the Suns. And I think more than anything, at this point, with what we've seen out of this team, I mean, you've gone through all the blowout losses that they've suffered in the last couple of weeks. Man, at this point, I would just vote for competitive. Wow. You know, I mean, seriously. We're at that point. point. Oh, no. 1,000%. Be in the game in the second half. Don't be down by 32. Just be in the game tonight. That's progress. I mean, we, you tuned in that game on Monday afternoon. So did I. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch some Suns basketball today. Let's see what they got against today. Yeah, you were it's very been, proud of me. I stopped been, watching after the, after the halftime. Yeah, it's been a struggle. I stopped taking notes after halftime. Let's see that. I was very proud of you for not yeah, taking notes not, after not, halftime. My notes did not include a whole bunch of third and fourth quarter stuff. Man, just be competitive in the game. Small victories, small moves at this point for the Suns with how bad things have been. And that's the thing, too. It shouldn't get to this point with this. I get it. They're missing Devin Booker. I get it. They're missing Cam Johnson. They were never this bad without Devin Booker last year. They were 8-3 and three without him last year. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be this bad without Devin. Well, we talked about it. DA hasn't stepped up, Mikhail hasn't stepped up, and Chris is is in a slip slide right now. So, it is uh it is tough and the bench, you know, a Koji and Landale and Dam- Damian Lee's been good for them, but I I still think that they had a better bench last year than what they have this year. Yeah. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, if Cliff Kingsbury does not come back after this season, what would be next for him? We'll talk about that next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I kind of had a feeling the Suns were going to shake things up a little bit with their starters, and they did. Middle, what do you got? What do you got? Middle change. I, I had a feeling. It, that's why I asked James about lineup changes. I had something. I had a feeling something was coming. Suns just tweeted out their starting lineup. Chris Paul, your starting point guard. Landry Shamit, your starting two guard. Mikhail Bridges, your three. Dario Sharich is getting the start tonight at four. DeAndre Ayton at the five. Tory Craig on the bench. I, you know what? I, I like it. Tory's probably better suited to give a, give some energy off the bench. Yeah. Um, some of the advanced numbers of that lineup with Tory Craig as a starter, and in particular, if I remember the story right, Tory Craig with Aiton and Bridges were really, really bad. Like like those three, it wasn't a good mix. It was just not a good mix in mm. terms of their plus minus. So Dario Sharich getting getting the start. That's your tonight. boy right there. That's my boy. Hi Dave. Uh, this is Dario. Hi Dario. Hi. Oh, the love right there. Look at that. Thank you, Dario. Thank you. Like our best friends. Thank you for the birthday wish. We appreciate yeah, it. It was Dario. Mm-hmm. Wishing you a happy birthday. Let's get an yeah. update on our Twitter poll question of the day. Let's turn it back over to Eric. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Rubes, what you got? I never see Burnsy smile as much as then when we play the Dario Sarge <laughs> soundbite. It's like he's listening to it for the first time each time. Honestly, I, I had when I turned fifty a couple years ago, I had two really special things done for me for my fiftieth birthday. One was my wife renting out a movie theater and inviting some of my closest best friends to go see Shawshank Redemption in a private movie theater. 
And number two is what this guy did to my right when he called Kurt Warner and Dan Marley and Dario Sharich and and Gonzo, Gonzo and was Doan in there. Doan was in there, and he Dan put together Marley this happy fiftieth birthday thing for me. The the well wishes in the video that was that was really cool. That was really cool. And I just realized this. I didn't get invited to the movie theater. <laughs> oh, you you made note of it at the time. But it was right in the middle of COVID, and it was apparently a very limited thing. Okay. There were only so many people. They, like, Not this, exclu- it's too exclusive it, for you, How big is a freaking movie theater? You can feel like, like 100 uh, people it, in it. They, they, were, they were putting a very strict limit on the number of people who could How many there. people went? You um, just missed the cut. I just missed the one. cut. By what? <laughs> by one. That's uh, it. <laughs> so did you have 25 people there? Was I like 27? Even 100 of his closest friends. Right. Um, I think we had... I'm going to guess about 25 to 35. 25 to 35. So 25 to 35 yeah. people. Friend number 36. I might not be in the top 50. <laughs> Jeez. You know what? Wow. Take it up with the decision maker. I'm not. The, it was a surprise. Wow. I didn't oh, know it was out there. Oh, yeah. Moving the blame. Oh, yeah. oh absolutely. I, I'll, I'll wow. throw her under the bus on this one. Wow. Take it up with her. The next Yellow time God. you see her. Yellow God. <laughs> you know Seriously. It's only one person in this entire building, by the way, who's invited to my son's wedding coming up in a couple of months. Mitch. So what are you exactly? So what are you complaining about over there? You're the only person. I, I am. You're the only one. I'm gonna have to write a big check. Yeah. It's probably why you. It's probably invited. why I got Nobody invited. Nobody takes checks anymore. <laughs> probably why I got invited. <laughs> Did I just Venmo Jake the money? <laughs> if, you, hey. if you want. Thanks for letting me come to your yeah. wedding. Thanks for letting me come to your wedding. Here you go. I'm invited because I'm gonna write a big check. No, that's why I'm invited. No, you're yeah. invited because of everybody here at the station. You know Jake the best. I mean, that's that's obvious. That's that's how that goes. All right, let's get over the awkwardness of that. And I hope my wife's not listening right now. God, I hope she's not listening. I really right truly now. have no friends because if she <laughs> she is, I really I have no friends. All she's, right, the poll question. Yes, is. thank you, Eric. Please, please, Eric, please. Uh, the poll question is: DeAndre Hopkins' season is over. So, looking at the off season. What should the Cardinals do with them? Is it time to move on from one of the best receivers in the league? Or do you hold on to them? You keep them? I'm, I'm moving on. I'm reshuffling this deck. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I, I Listen, I think you could turn things around quickly, but I don't really want them to turn it around quickly. I want them to build on the offensive and defensive lines and get this thing going in the right direction. If I could take the Andre Hopkins money and spend it on some linemen uh, and, and, and again, the Hollywood Brown thing. I don't know yeah. how much Hollywood Brown is going to cost, but I do know it's going to be hard to keep both guys. I would agree, and I think it's time for them to move on. agree and say it's time to move on, meaning 43.1% say keep them. Hold and steady. That's about where those numbers were two hours ago when we rolled it out. What would you guys take for DeAndre Hopkins? Like, what would it take for you to move on from him? If you want him gone. Because, okay, here's the thing. He's got no guaranteed money left on his deal, right? I mean, he's got he's got years left on his contract, but none of it's guaranteed. So I would imagine anywhere he goes, there's got to be some sort of a restructure or a redo that he's going to want so we get some guaranteed money in his pocket to go. I would think you – I would hope you could get a second-round pick for him. I was going to say second-round pick. Am I nuts? Is that – No, I feel no. like that's almost – Kind of low for D Hop because he's so good, but at the same time, it's one. Somebody's year, so. doing you a favor by helping you get off of the contract yeah, yeah. too. So if, if I mean a team that's a DeAndre Hopkins away from being great, if they don't view, if they don't value him as a second round pick to give up to get him, I would do that on the opposite side. It feels ironic because it's almost as if the best package you can get for D-Hop now is exactly what the Cardinals sent to the Texans in the first place, which was like a second rounder and a running back on his last leg. 
Yeah, this is three years later, right? Right. I mean, and and if you an could, older player, and to Gambo's point, if you could get a similar deal in return for D Hop that you gave up to get him, I'd say you won the deal because you got three years of him in the prime of his career. And you basically got the exact same return for him that you gave up to get. That'd be a win. He was great. The he was, he was great that first year. And he was great at the start of last year. Yep. He got off to a great start with all the touchdowns. But yeah, I would, I'm ready to move on. I think he'll be great again. Oh, yeah, yeah, for I, another that's year. That's why or two. you get a second round pick yeah, for him. Yeah. I think he'll be great again. I'm like, if I were a Packers fan, oh, please. I would be begging the Packers organization to give up a second round pick for DeAndre Hopkins to pay. Oh, of course, Packers. Any of those teams that are, you know, one wide receiver away. Let's talk about Cliff a, a little bit, okay. um, because you know, again, we don't know for sure what's going to happen. We think we know what's going to happen. How many days away? What's what's today? Today's uh, Wednesday, uh, Thursday, Friday, eleven Saturday, days, Sunday, eleven days, eleven days. So what? So we know. Oh, no, no, not no, 11 no, no. Days. Five days. Five days. Five days. Five days. What? 11 days. Like I just said, Mark, with one of the dumbest shows out there. This is one of the <laughs> well, dumbest shows. Brother, that one Monday's was all in you. 11 days. <laughs> there's, there's, 11 days, Monday, we'll be there. This is the reason Man, why you guys, weren't. we are so dumb. Yeah, seriously. This is the reason why you weren't show. invited to the movie theater. You right. can't count. You know, right. if you could count, you might have been there. Right. Five days, and then it's it's Black Monday, as it's known in the NFL. And it was interesting. There was a report said yesterday. There was a report yesterday. Uh, it wasn't even a report. It was a suggestion from John McClain, the forever Houston Texans beat writer from Houston, who said, hey, look, if it were me and something happens with Cliff next week and I'm Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M, I'd give him all the money and all the power in the world to be my offensive coordinator. And I'd give him full play calling duties and he'd be in charge of my offense at Texas A&M. Now, that... The USC was going to hire him to be an offensive yeah. coordinator before the Cardinals swooped in and took him. Now, that job... That OC job at Texas A&M actually went to Bobby Petrino today, according to multiple reports. Jimbo Fisher is hiring him to be his. So that specific one isn't on the table. But what if something happens next week? What happens to Cliff? What do you think is the next chapter in Cliff's book? He's not going to get a NFL head coaching job. That's one. Two, I don't even think he would get an NFL coordinator's job. So three, I think he goes back to college. Now, I think he might be able to get a head coaching job in college. I think he would probably be able to get one of those. I think he might be able to get a head coaching job somewhere. It may not be at a, you know, a, one of the power programs, but he could get a... I mean, you know, he did coach in the NFL. I mean, that's a selling point, too. Yeah. I just... I, I wouldn't rule out the OC in the NFL thing. Really? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. His offenses I, haven't been that good. I know they haven't been that good, but I, I, I get that. But a fresh start somewhere where he's just the coordinator, where that's all he has to deal with, and those head coaching responsibilities, duties don't fall on him. I don't know. I just I wouldn't rule it out. It wouldn't. I, I, I would suspect a return back to college, but I also wouldn't bet against some team hiring him to be their OC. I know he's going to be very well paid while he's not coaching the Cardinals. Yeah, he's going to get paid. He's, going to, he's got four years left on his deal. Yeah. Along those lines today, the Arizona Cardinals made um, their final game coming up against the 49ers. David Blau is going to be the starting quarterback. Yeah, I love it. What now? I love it. Let's go. Let's play. He'll start. Um, last week, he didn't get the full process. You know, he just really practiced Friday, so I want to see what he can do. The full process um, and see kind of how he plays against really good defense. Tell me why you love it. I, I mean, just I know what Colt McCoy can do, and I understand Colt wanting to play. But let's see what David Blau can do. I mean, let's give him an opportunity. Played good last week. Let's see him again. Is he a guy that you want to have on your roster? Could 
could David Blau be good enough to be your backup quarterback a year from now when Colt McCoy's not with the team anymore? Colt's got another year left on his deal. So can you keep him around as a third string guy and feel good enough about him that if, you know, when Colt's gone, that he's good enough to be elevated to the backup? Find out. Yeah. Find find out. Play him. Colt is basically shut down. Yeah. Colt um, basically shutting him down, you know, for the the season. We need him next year, particularly with uh, the situation we have currently um, there with Kyler. So um, we'll let David have at it and see how it goes. So to the best of my knowledge, the first kind of admission out loud that that they're not expecting Kyler to be ready for the start of the season. If you do the math, he's obviously not going to be if it takes nine months. But they want to just make sure they protect Colt because they think they're going to need Colt. Several months from now, Kyler had a surgery. He tweeted about it, a photo photo from him from the hospital room, the hospital bed. Uh, Cliff said he talked to Kyler, and the surgery went very well. I did, yeah. I texted him yesterday. It went well. Um, so now starts rehab. I know he was excited to, to get it done and, and get moving forward. Interesting. You, you, you don't call the guy. You just, these, everybody just texts now. <laughs> then pick up the phone and call him. Hey, how you doing? How'd the surgery go? You just text each other back and forth. It's like that progressive commercial, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. What's the, the one where he's, he's teaching the people not to be like their parents. He's like, what's wrong yeah. with this voicemail? And they're all giving their guesses as to, you know, they didn't leave the right number or they didn't say what time would be a good time to call. He's like, no, nine times out of ten, a text message will do just fine. You don't actually need to call a person anymore. <laughs> it's so, so funny. Those I, commercials, they I call the gold with those they, commercials because it's. And I, you think back, man. A lot of that's me. I call this thing a camera phone, <laughs> and my a camera phone. I got a I, I got a camera phone. You can take a video, video and photos. My wife gets so mad. Why do you call it a camera phone? You do not call it a camera phone. I do. I call it a camera phone, and I call the I call the I call the other thing at home the clicker. Give me the who's got the, the clicker? remote control? Yeah, right, that would be something your parents would that do. That I forgive right. you for. You cannot call your iPhone a I camera phone. I swear to God, ask Chelsea. I call it a camera phone. <laughs> call Chelsea. She's like she. She's totally going to divorce me soon. Uh, <laughs> she's going to be like, this is so like, not worth it. I've had enough of you. I'm tired of living in the 60s. I'm tired of you, old man. I've had yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's the most revealing segment of Burns and Gambo yeah. I think I've ever listened to. I know, exactly. right? We, all of the truths were laid out there in this Birthday one, right? Birthday parties. Birthday parties you're not invited right. to. Why you're getting invited to the wedding. Camera phones. You don't clickers. call it a camera phone? No. What do you call it? I call it an iPhone. An iPhone. Or a smartphone. Camera phone. I got a camera on my phone. It's a camera phone. <laughs> when we come back to the Burns and Gambo show, there was an attempt made at a reunion this offseason. Who did the Diamondbacks try to bring back? You're going to want to hear this next on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This might be one of the dumbest shows on radio. <laughs> Really? All the things you could have played to come back with, and that's what you chose, Mitch? I mean, it's not wrong. I missed it. What was it? This might be one of the dumbest shows on radio. (laughs) I expect that out of me, but you guys all went to college. Like, you guys got degrees. Well, okay, in the last segment... You got to hang something on your wall. In the last segment, that was all you when it comes to the dumb. I'll give you the whole conversation we had about going up in the standings, going down and say, okay, I'll give you that. That was dumb. We were, but last segment, that was, you, you called your iPhone a camera phone. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. That one was all you. That's what I learned in college, not to call it a camera phone. Yeah. No, there's a lot of things that I have, like, you know, wife and kids are like, why do you say it? So that's not what that is. There's a lot of things I kind of refer to. Oh, I'm like the Crips keeper. 
That's good stuff. Um, I would have lost this bet every day that ends in Y. I would not have been able to tell you that Dansby Swanson finished 12th in the MVP voting last year in the National League. He did. I'm looking I'm looking at he his had, number. He had, great, like, he had a great year. I'm like, wow, he did. Yeah. He, 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 had had a great, he had a really good year last year. Got him $177 million from the Chicago Cubbies. Uh-huh. He had an OPS of 776. I know you're down, down with, down with OPS. Uh-huh. 25 homers, 96 RBIs, played it all. 162 games. He was really, really good. And there was an attempt made... At a reunion this offseason between he and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, the Arizona Diamondbacks, I can tell you this, that the Arizona Diamondbacks were in on Dansby Swanson. And in on on Dansby Swanson means that they were right there, like right till the end before he decided to go to the Chicago Cubs for seven years and $177 million. The Diamondbacks made a significant offer that was somewhere in the vicinity of what the Cubs offered. Not as much, but in the vicinity of what the Cubs offered he ended up going to Chicago, but Arizona was willing to do a long-term deal, seven years, with Dansby Swanson to bring him here to Arizona to be the you know the, the shortstop currently, and then maybe move to another position when Jordan Lawler's uh, you know up and playing. That's just so fascinating to me for a couple yep. of reasons. Number one, it just doesn't seem like the time to go adding big salary like that. Number two, you'd be doing it at a position at which you have one of the top prospects in all of baseball, who's not that far away, right? A year, maybe two away from being here. It's just, it, it seems like a very oddly timed time to go try to make a sign like that. I, I'm glad, frankly, it didn't happen. I, I, I don't think I would have liked it if it happened. That's just a that's well, a they lot increased of the money. budget this year. They increased the budget by, you know, like 20 to $25 million. They still have some money to spend, believe it or not. So there was a big increase in the budget for the Diamondbacks and so, you know, they, they felt like, you know, look, Bogarts was not within reach for them, but Swanson, that, that was a shorter, a, a lesser, lesser deal money-wise and they always liked him. They drafted him. They knew they made a terrible trade. It's one of the worst trades in Arizona history. They traded Dansby Swanson for Shelby Miller, and it you know completely backfired. Terrible trade. Swanson won a World Series with Atlanta. He's been a good player, and now he's got 177 million dollars. Like they were looking, that's a position of need right now. You know, it was it was you had Perdomo, Nick Ahmed's on the last year of his deal. Like you know, they've they've they've, they've got to the point where they're moving on from a lot of the older. David Peralta's gone, and mm-hmm. Nick Ahmed's mm-hmm. going to be gone. All those guys that that a lot of people. We're familiar with, they're going to be gone. They're gone. Zach Ranke got traded. Like, so now the point is, you know, you you try to look for the future. What can you do? And they they always are able to afford that one big contract, but just the one. And so you got to make sure it's the right yeah. one. And that's yeah. why I wouldn't have liked it because no. I don't think he's the one. You know, they can't like the Padres are handing them out like you know Halloween candy on October thirty first. The, the Diamondbacks can only afford really to choose one guy, they maybe can do two, to big, give that kind of money to. Do one big deal. And I just think Dansby Swanson, given Lawler, given that I still think they're a year away from like real contention, like really good. I just think it would have been now, you know, you you sign him now so you have him next year. You say, okay, we're gonna spend that money now instead of next year. I get that. You know, because it's money you would have spent next year anyway. I just don't think Dansby Swanson would have been the guy. It wouldn't have been the guy that I would have said, Oh, that's exactly the guy you should have spent your money on. Would you have liked Two it? Two years. Um, I mean, I probably lean towards you. Like, let's wait it out and see where you're at a year from now and see what the major needs are. Yeah. To see what else you need. Um, 
I think that they're good with pitching. Bumgarner's going to come off the books in two years. But even after this year, the number drops $9 million. So his number drops significantly after this year by $9 million. So he might be very tradable at that point, or you may just walk away from it. Uh, I think that they got the catcher situation figured out now. There's a big hole at third base that you got to figure. We got a short-term deal with Evan Longoria. It's a, it's a stopgap guy for a year. But I think eventually you need to go get a third base. But the thing with Swanson is that if you could have moved him over to third. If you could have, yeah. You know, then you might have felt like, okay, I'm killing two birds with one stone here. Yeah, you don't think Evan Longoria is the long-term answer there? Uh, I mean, no, I know. But I mean, it, actually, for a short-term fit, short-term I think it's actually pretty good. Absolutely. I think it's pretty good. Um, no, I was just being I was just being snarky there. No, I, I just, yeah, and for those reasons, I would have, uh, this organization, it seems like they have a history of, and I'm going kind of way back now, right? Of sort of, this is way pre Mike Hazen, of mistiming their jumps into when they thought they're going to be good. Like, I, I think back to the Shelby Miller trade that you talk about, right? They thought they were going to be great and that Shelby Miller was going to be the last piece of the puzzle. They got that really wrong. Madison Bumgarner, they thought they were ready to compete. They thought Madison Bumgarner would be the piece that they were very wrong about that. Uh, even like a guy like Trevor Cahill back in 2000, whatever, 10, 11, they thought he was going to be like the last piece and it was going to make them really good. He wasn't. Even a guy like Dan Heron. Richie Sexton. I like, even Richie, yeah, like, like that guy who, okay, we're on the precipice of being good. Let's go get the one piece that puts us over the top. And every single time they've gone for that piece, they got it wrong. They weren't as close as they thought they were. And I kind of feel like the next year is the year you're going to be close. This year, I just don't think you're close enough to go spending you know, the Cubs gave him what, 177? It wasn't quite that much. It was obviously a sizable chunk of change. I'm glad they didn't do it. Um, I'm also glad, well, I'm glad to hear, and I'm not surprised to hear that the report you debunked today about the Diamondbacks being for sale. They are not for sale, you're telling me? No, they're not. And it was a report that came out on one of the SI sites. And, you know, know, I'm fortunate. I've I've done this for a long time. I have the ability to pick up the phone and call just about anybody on any of the organizations and kind of, you know, get the truth. So I was able to make a phone call and find out right away that this this is not true. But there was a report out there that the, and this is what it says. It says that... um, Will Cower reported that several groups are interested in purchasing the Angels, could fall back on the Diamondbacks as a plan B. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Carroll says at least one of the groups bidding for the Angels could fall back on the Diamondbacks as plan B. Arizona isn't officially for sale, but the owner is said to be exploring the idea. The Diamondbacks are not for sale. They're not even exploring the idea. There's never been a meeting, a conversation, or anything. There's been inquiries in, in previous years, not now, you know, because, you know, it's, there's only so many sports teams, but they've never once had a meeting. There's no interest in um, selling the team. They're not for sale. There's been no discussion. So uh, if whoever's interested in buying the Angels, if it doesn't work out. Now, what I've heard is that Artie Moreno, you know, he's he was looking for like a Mets type of deal. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't get it, he may just hold on to the team for a little bit longer. We'll see. But the Diamondbacks are not for sale, and there are no exploration of trying to sell the team either. The only reason I kind of hem and hawed at the beginning of it when we started talking about it was because this organization feels like when it comes to their facility is a little bit of a crossroads when it comes to Chase Field. Oh, yeah. That story has stalled out. 
I have no idea what the future is of Chase Field or what the future home of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Are they going to renovate? Are they going to move somewhere in the Valley? Are they going to build their dream stadium somewhere? Are they going to do what the Atlanta Braves did, move out of downtown and go somewhere more in the Burbs where the money is? I, I, I don't know, but it's gotten to that point where have you noticed how quiet it's been from the Diamondbacks about Chase Field and what the, that was a big, noisy, loud story a couple, three years ago. Three we years just ago, have sure. not heard much about it at all lately. Yeah, and I, don't I think wonder that they where were, we're going with that. Because I think there was still a few years left before they could actually start exploring what their options were. Um, that's a good question. I, I tend to think that they redo the building. A massive redo on the building and keep it where it is right now in downtown Phoenix. Yeah. Look, I know the owner, you know, the owner's involved in a lot of in, in real estate investment in that area. So it might not, you know, so it probably, it probably benefits him to keep to keep it in that area. I like it in that area. I think it's in a great spot, but I think I think you redo the ballpark and make it a make it a thirty eight thousand seat ballpark. When we come back, quotes. I'm not used to the no fight in us. Close quote. Who said that? Next, Burns and Gambo.